0: fun to watch these kids grow up, isn't it? He used to have a little more twang to him. I told him, I said, I think I'd like to have a little more twang when you sing, but he's just getting smoother and smoother. And so I think the twang is gone. But anyway, he did a really good job. Appreciate calling. All right. We're going to be in Esther this morning. Esther chapter four. I, uh, was in Bible school last week and we're going through all the characters and when we do that I usually try to read the stories and become familiar with that and just try to get my mind around what the kids are going to be hearing about that week. And so last week I spoke on Daniel and this week I'm going to speak on Esther. If you get a chance you ought to just read the whole book of Esther. Uh, It's a really good, it's a really interesting story. And we're going to try to get the whole thing in it today, but it's, it's, not, it's not, I won't be able to tell the whole thing as, as it should be. But this is a great story of, of God working in the, in the children of, of Israel's life, in the Jews' life. And so uh, it's just, it's always, of course, it's always the story of God. So anyway, let's stand in honor of God's word and read together this morning. This is my Bible, the living word of God. I am what it says I am. I can have what it says I can have. Do. This word is the truth. It never changes. and can never be destroyed. Right now my mind is alert. My heart is open. I'm about to receive a life-changing experience. I will never be the same in Jesus' name. When Mordecai learned of all that he When Mordecai learned of all that had been done he tore his clothes put on sackcloth and ashes and went out into the city wailing loudly and bitterly but he went only as far as the king's gate because no one clothed in sackcloth was allowed to enter Yet, in every yet. province to which, province, to the, which the edict and order of the king came, there was a great mourning among the Jews, with fasting, weeping, and wailing. Lay and many lay in sackcloth and ashes. When Esther's and maids and eunuchs came and told her about Mordecai, she was in he great distress. She sent clothes for him to put on, sent sent to put on instead of his sackcloth, but he would not accept them. Then Esther summoned Hathak, one of the king's eunuchs, assigned to her, and her and to attend her and ordered him to, him to find Mordecai out what was troubling Mordecai and why. So Hathach went out to Mordecai, out to Mordecai the the in the city. open square of, the, of the, city. the city in front of Mordecai the king's gate. Mordecai gate. told him everything that had happened Mordecai to him, including the exact amount of money, of money Haman had promised to pay into the royal treasury, 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 treasury for the destruction he of he the Jews. He also gave him a copy of the text of the edict for their annihilation, which had annihilation, been published in Susa, to show to Esther, Susa, and explain to, to Esther, her, and he and and her, and he told her, to told her him to urge her to go into the king's presence, beg and, the king's and, presence beed, and beg for mercy and plead with him for her people. Back, Hathach went back and reported to Esther with Mordecai what Mordecai had said. Then she instructed him to say to Mordecai, All the king's officials and the people of the royal provinces know for any man or woman who approaches the king in the inner court without being summoned, the king has but one law, that he be put to death. The only exception to this is for the king to extend the gold scepter to him and spare his life called to when go Esther's to the king. When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, sent reported to Mordecai he sent back this answer. Do not think answer. that because you're in, you in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. Or if you remain silent or at this time, time, or he or he he at this time relief will will and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will but perish but And who knows but that you have come to royal position for such a time as this. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, Go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa, and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my maids will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went away and carried out all of Esther's instructions. Let's pray. Father, this morning, we pray that you would help us to understand the severity of the time that we live in. And Father, help us to, like Mordecai, be in anguish over the situation that our country is in, that our town is in, that those around us are in. And Father, help us to fall on our faces and fast and pray for you to come and move in among us. And Father, today, I pray that your word would speak to us, speak to the church today. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week, we talked about Daniel, a man who prayed day and night. And the week before that, I talked about when Jesus was talking to his disciples about praying and he said anyone who prays day and night I will protect them and I will avenge them And we saw last week that in Daniel Daniel prayed day and night not only did God protect him but God avenged him And this week we're going to talk about Esther and Esther prayed and and her family prayed and the Jewish people were praying day and night God protects them and avenges them and so we know that when Jesus says these things, we know that it's true because we've seen it here in, uh, the, in, in the Old Testament. Uh, in this story, I'm just going to kind of give you the short version of it. The king, King Xerxes, has a queen. And he tells the queen to come in. And really, I think he told her, you know, go make me a sandwich or something like that. And she didn't do it. And that's really not what happened. He asked her to come in so everybody could see how beautiful she was. And she said, I'm not going to do it. And so she went away. It doesn't say exactly what happened to her, but she was gone. And I don't know if he killed her or she just went away, but she was gone. And so he's in the market for a new queen, and so they send out uh, the messengers and say that he's looking for a virgin queen, and all these people come, and Esther, who is a Jew, comes, and just by chance, it's just complete fluke, it's just really lucky for God she got chosen got chosen now just it was just just by chance that of all the women in the kingdom this jewish girl gets chosen to be queen god really lucked out on that deal because then he had somebody in there to uh to help him out it's a good good thing that she showed up See, there is no such thing as luck with God because God is in charge. You see, this whole story is not the story of Esther. It's not the story of Mordecai. It's the story of God. The whole Bible is the story of God. It's not about the people and the people are part of it and God allows us to come in. But we never need to, we, we need to never forget, and I think sometimes we do, that God is in control. God is in control. God's in control of this. Esther became queen because God chose her to be king, to be queen. Uh, and, and, and God is in charge of this whole thing. It's this God's story. Esther would have never been queen except for God said set it up like that. Mordecai is in a place where he can save the king's life. Why is he in that place? Because God set it up. And so this is all God's doing. And... Uh, I want to encourage you all to go home and, and read this book. This is, a, this is a great story. And so you have King Xerxes, and then you have uh, the, the Queen Esther. Queen Esther comes up, and she becomes the queen. Mordecai is her uncle, and he's always kind of around, and he was in a place one time where he heard that there were some guys trying to kill the king, and so he told them, and, and Mordecai be- becomes part of the story there. And then there's this character called Haman. And Haman is the highest noble in the land and, and everyone bows down to Haman. So when Haman comes by, he's like, he's like some big muckety-muck and everybody bows down to him, but Mordecai won't do it. Mordecai, who is Esther's uncle, tried to keep all these guys together. He bows down to no one except for God. And Haman cannot stand it that Mordecai won't bow down to him. It just gets under his skin and it bothers him day and night. And he cannot stand it. And so uh, he decides that since Mordecai's a Jew, in order for, he doesn't just decide to get Mordecai. He says, I'm gonna kill all the Jews. Since since Mordecai's a Jew, the only way to really deal with this fairly is that I just kill all the Jews. Now this guy is a nut job. I mean, he's crazy. But he says, I think, I think since Mordecai's a Jew and Mordecai won't bow down to me, then we ought to completely annihilate the Jewish people in our country. And so he goes to the king and he comes up with this plan. And he says, we ought to have a one day Jew season and we're going to, everybody can go kill a Jew and you can have all their stuff. If you can kill them, you can have all their stuff. And you think, well, well, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Nobody would take part in that. I'm going to tell you what, people would do that. We, li- we live in a country, and I'm not going to go on this too long, but we live in a country where we harvest body parts for profit. You don't think somebody would kill you for your stuff? You're wrong. We're in a, we're in a dark, dark world that we live in, a dark culture that we live in. I was reading, uh, Cindy was reading me something off the internet this week, and somebody said, and I don't know what it was, but she was exactly, whoever said it was exactly right. If Planned Parenthood was harvesting puppy parts for sale, they'd have been shut down years ago. But because they harvest human parts, we just draw, we just turn a blind eye to them. Folks, it's time for the church to stand up and say something, and that's all I'm going to say about that. But anyway... But I'm telling you, we're in a dark place. And so it's at this time that the Jews uh, were about to be killed. I don't know if you've ever noticed, but throughout the Bible and throughout history, God's people, there's always someone that wants to get rid of them. If anyone stands up and says, this is what truth is, this is what God says, this is what we're supposed to do, nobody wants to listen to that person. And that's who the Jews were. And they were saying there's no other God but God. And nobody wanted to hear that. So they said, let's just get rid of them. And so in this story, Haman wants people to bow down to him. And Mordecai won't. And he won't bow down. And so Haman decides, let's, let's just get rid of all of them. And this is a serious situation. And he comes to the king and he says, let's have one day where we get rid of all these Jews. These guys don't like you. They're against you. Let's have one day, and let's just say that if you kill a Jew, that you can have all of his stuff. Now, if you had a next-door neighbor who was a Jew, chances are none of anybody in here would kill him and take their house. But think about the people around you. I, want you, I want you. I want you to be very serious and think about this this morning. There would be someone who would kill you for your house. There would be someone in this neighborhood, if we had a day where they said, if you kill them, you can have all their stuff. Somebody, if you go, if, if, Think about it this way. If we had a Christian season, we're going to have Christian season. Find somebody who's a Christian. If you can kill them, you can have all their stuff. There would be people lined up at your door that day <coughs> to kill you and take your stuff. And I'm not kidding. This, is, this would be real today. People would do that. You know? I'd be protecting myself. Have my Bible in my nine, my Bible in my Bible in my nine. That's what I had. But anyway, but I ought to be a rapper. My Bible in my nine. Anyway, I'd try to protect myself. I wouldn't last very long. But think about it. Think about it. You got a real nice house, and you're a Christian. Your neighbor walks down, and goes, you know, next Tuesday, if I knock them off, I could be living in that house. There is people in Marshfield who would kill you. I'm not kidding. If the government says it's okay, they would do it. This is where we live. This is where we're at. This is, we're here, okay? And this is not new. And so this is where they're at. And, and Mordecai saw the seriousness of the situation, and it broke him down. Mordecai got into anguish over it and began to pray and fast in his anguish. Mordecai Mordecai saw things as they were, not how he wanted them to be, but how they were, and it drove him to his knees. Folks, we have got to be able as a church to see things as they are. We have got to be able to see our, our society and our culture as it is. And folks, it should break our hearts. And it should drive us to our knees. And, and Mordecai looked and he saw that the situation was dire. He said, this is a bad deal. We've got to do something. So Mordecai went and he organized a day that would draw attention to the things that were going on. He had Red Nose Day. And everybody put on a red nose. Have you seen that on TV? That's the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. I don't know what it was for, but everybody was supposed to wear that's what mordecai did he said let's all wear a red nose to 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 he didn't do that mordecai didn't do that he said he said he said let's all try to have a conversation about what's going on does anybody get sick of hearing that let's have a conversation about what's going on no what mordecai did he said let's have jewish awareness month if we have jewish awareness month then we could know about the problem that's going on no they didn't have that Either, And then he decided that he'd go on Facebook and he'd get everybody. Well, they didn't have Facebook, but he had a bunch of t-shirts made. If we could just have a bunch of t-shirts made, then something would change. Or maybe if we could get on TV or the radio or interviews or things like that, then we could find out what he did send a text. You say, no, he didn't. I beg beg to differ with you. If you'll go to verse eight, I want you to read this. He also gave him a copy of the text of the edict for their annihilation. So he did get a text, and he said, no, he didn't do that. But that's what we do. We think we got to do something. I've got to do something. If I do something, then this will work. And he didn't text his friends, and he didn't get on the Facebook or anything like that. And I'm not against any of those things. But I'm telling you what, folks, when God's people got serious about the things that that were going on around them. They didn't go around talking to everybody else. They got on their knees and they started praying and they started fasting. And Mordecai didn't do any of these other things we talked about. He started praying and fasting in anguish, in anguish over the way things were. Mordecai had more faith in God to change things than he did in the problem. And I talked about that a few weeks ago, but that's a good, that's a good quote. God, he had more faith in God than he did the problem. And this movement of prayer was out of one man's anguish over the situation. Do you ever get in anguish over the way things are? I mean, in real anguish, in anguish to where it brings you to your knees A place where you you are so tired of the way things are or the way things are going around you that you get in anguish and you cry out to God. Instead of going to everybody else, you just cry out to God. And in the midst of all this, they begin to fast and pray. And God brought about change through Mordecai and Esther. But Esther would not have moved unless Mordecai had. Esther wasn't really knowing what was going on until someone came and said, Mordecai is down in the middle of the, of the king, by the king's gate, and he's in sackcloth, and he's weeping and crying. And she said, Well, what in the world's going on? One man's anguish brought about a movement of God. We need in the church for the church to be in anguish over the way things are. And Esther, when she saw what was going on and she understood what she was going on, she didn't try to do anything different than what Mordecai was doing except she said, let's get everybody in and let's all pray and fast. Let's all come together and pray and fast. Let's all come together and go to God and see what God's going to do, because we're not going to be able to protect ourselves. There is nothing left that we can do. Only God can fix this. And I'm going to be honest with you. We are in the situation that mankind has always been in, and only God can fix what's wrong with humanity. Only God can do that. I can't do that. I can't do enough good deeds. I can't be nice enough. I can't give enough god has to change and god does that and we as a church have got to come to a place where we just say god you do it i can't do it tell god and see what he says he's the all-knowing all-powerful one the god who loves us let's why don't we talk to him and see what he would like to do because well that's crazy we should be doing something We are doing something. When we go to pray, we're going to him in faith and saying, God, we give up, you do it. You have it. You fix it. You change things. And that's what God did. And this is a great story of the power of God to change things. And this movement of God was brought out of one man's anguish over the way things were. One man saw the seriousness of the situation and began to fast and pray. And then it caught on and more and more people caught on to it. Folks, do you see the seriousness of the situation that we live in? you see the seriousness of the situation around us in our families, in our communities, in our homes? We don't have to look very far to find plenty of things that should keep us in a sackcloth and ashes every day. There's plenty around us to, to be praying about. And yet we go about our business like nothing's going on and never letting God move us to anguish. Anybody want to sign up to be in anguish? We had a sign-up sheet here that said, we need some people to be in anguish. I just need a few people to sign up. Said, yeah, I would just love to be in anguish. Nobody likes anguish. Nobody wants to sign up for that one. I'll sign up to go help somebody. I'll sign up to go do this or go do that, but I don't want to sign up for anguish. You know why? Because anguish hurts. Anguish rides on you day and night and wakes you up in the middle of the night and keeps you up late at night and keeps in your mind all day long. Anguish isn't fun. Anguish isn't easy, and we like easy. But God says when God's people become in anguish, that God moves on them. Every revival, all the movements of God started with someone in anguish over the way things were. And then God takes men and women and pours out on them what his heart feels. Don't you feel like God's heart is in anguish over the situation of our world today? Don't you think God's heart breaks? Shouldn't our heart break for the things that break God's heart? And we should. I don't think we stop long enough to notice what breaks God's heart. We want to hear a, a sermon that lifts us up and music that lifts us up and activity that lifts us up. And I want to do that and I want to be part of that. But sometimes we have to stop and see things how they, how they really are and let God break our hearts to the point that we get on our faces and we pray and fast for the situations around us. Are you doing that in your life? And it's okay to have joy and peace. And I understand all that. And there is a time for that. But I'm just saying, when I look around the world today, I think it's all right to have some anguish too over the way things are. I think it's okay to allow God to, to, to say, God, let me see things like you see them. Let my heart be broken for the things that break your heart. And I think if we saw, I think if God just gave us a little bit of his heart, we would be like Mordecai sitting in a pile of ashes and sackcloth praying that God would change things. I'm going to ask you this morning, do you, do you ever get in anguish over the world around you? There should be a time in all of our lives that we take time and anguish over the lost really ask God to pour out his anguish on his people until it drives us to prayer and fasting where you can't get it out of your mind where you cannot get the lost out of your mind where you cannot get anything out of your mind except praying and fasting for what God would have seeking for a movement of God. Mordecai and Esther prayed and fasted and many jews prayed and fasted but it was god who changed things and it's always god who changes and and you're saying pastor so so you're saying we need to do something yeah but god will be the one that actually does the work he calls us to to become brokenhearted for his things and he calls us to pray and he calls us to fast and then it says that he did the work esther didn't do any work she walked in there she she walked in and, and and her and her life was in the balance. Who do you think moved King Xerxes to save her? God did that. God ultimately changes people 's hearts it 's not sermons or or songs or things like that it 's God. His holy Spirit comes and changes our hearts i 've heard. All kinds of sermons. I've preached all kinds of sermons. I've listened to all kinds of sermons. And it's not sermons that changes our hearts. God changes my heart. God's the one that, that convicts me and shows me. His Word convicts me. We've got to be praying for a move of God on us to convict us and put us in this place of anguish until He drives us to prayer, seeking for a movement of God. Would you allow God to put his anguish on you? I fear that when we pray, we're more like, I need, I need this, I need that. God, give me, give me, give me. Do this and do that and bless them and those and all that. And then amen. And then we're done. And God is like, I really have something that I have for you. I'd really like to show you my heart. My, my heart is broken for someone around you, and I'd, I'd like to share that with you. And I know this isn't going to make you feel good and happy all the time, but, but there is someone near you that I, I would love to, to... My heart is broken for them, and I'd like to share that with you. But we ask and ask and ask, and then we don't listen, and we just get up from our prayers and leave. And I wonder if we shouldn't stay a little bit longer and say, Okay, now, God, you speak. God, God, let me see your heart. I've, I've given you my heart. I've asked for the things that I have need. I've, I've showed you what my heart is. God, could you show me your heart a little? But I'm afraid we don't want to listen to God because we're afraid that he might give us some anguish. And we don't want that very much. We see in Mordecai anguish. When Jesus is in the garden praying for us, we see anguish. We see Paul throughout the New Testament in anguish. Right before the Holy Spirit comes, the disciples are in the upper room in anguish. All were followed, every one of these, were followed by a movement of God Would you allow God to put you in anguish for others this morning? I want us to stand. Missy, I want you to come. Jimmy. This is a It's a message for believers this morning. Message for me this morning. As I read this and went through this this week. I said Lord do I have anguish for the lost and I prayed once again that he would give me that. And I don't know where you are this morning or what's going on in your life, but every now and then I need God to kind of shake me and get me headed in the right direction again. And you know this morning if you need to pray, and I don't know what you need to pray about. I, I, I don't really know how. I don't know what the response is for this, except just, God, give me, show me your heart today. and Whatever you show me, I'll, I'll do. But if you feel like you need to pray this morning, we're going to sing just, uh, uh, just for a moment. And if you need to pray today, come as we sing. Open our eyes, Lord. We want to see Jesus.